welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzee. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzee, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So NetHealth has created a new online rehab therapy community designed for the intersection of the clinical and business sides of rehab, and it's called the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum. It's all about habits and initiatives that juice up your attendance, revenue, workflows, documentation, compliance, efficiency, and engagement so that your providers and your therapists can keep their eye on the prize, which is your patients and outcomes. So if you want to join this free community, check out nethealth.com healthy. I personally believe that a better connected rehab therapy profession has the power to help more people. So again, jump in, subscribe, and join the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum at nethealth.com healthy. Now on to today's episode. So if you are a physical therapy or occupational therapy or really any business owner, it is always a good idea to start thinking about your succession plan. And that is what we talk about today with my guest, Ashley Michike. So Ashley is the CEO of True North Retirement Advisors, an independent financial advisory firm managing $230 million in client assets located just outside of Portland, Oregon. It's a family business that she owns with her father. Ashley specializes in helping small business owners exit their business and retire with financial security by crafting and implementing a custom-designed exit plan. She started her career as a financial advisor in 2007 after graduating magna cum laude with a bachelor's of science degree in business finance from Portland State University. Early in her career, Ashley developed expertise in 401 Consulting for Small Businesses, and she quickly realized that business owners nearing retirement were not taking the steps necessary to exit their business. She watched several of her business owner clients walk away from their business at retirement without financial security. Today, she's on a mission to transition 300 small business owners successfully into retirement in the next 10 years. And just a fun fact, she started her first business at the age of eight years old, taking care of her neighbor's pets and plants and picking up their mail when they were on vacation for $3 a day. And she ran that business, which is a complete monopoly in her neighborhood, for three years. So today, Ashley and I talk about how you should plan your business succession. And she's going to walk us through three universal must-do steps to help you get what you want in your business, to help get what your business is worth, so that you can retire with confidence and financial security. So if you are a business owner, get ready to take some notes. She's got some great advice and a really, really fun tool that she is giving away to everyone. So if you listen to the end, you'll get, uh, you'll get that free tool. And you can also, of course, download everything on the website at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. Sure. Now, before we get to the meat of 
our interview, I would love for you to kind of fill in the blanks a little bit from your bio that uh, we read to introduce you so that the listeners get a little bit better sense of where you're coming from. I know one of the things that was mentioned in there, maybe mentioned, was I started my first business when I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. So I have this like entrepreneur, and I, I didn't know it at the time, but you know, I, I, uh, was very entrepreneurial growing up and my, I started this business where I would like pick up your paper and your mail and water your plants and feed your dogs and cats if you went on vacation. Um, and it, I was, I found out like really early on that that was, if I worked really hard and I posted flyers and, um, put stuff on uh, mailboxes and, you know, like flyers on mailboxes, put stuff in the newsletter in our neighborhood advertisement thing that I would get business from that. Um, and if I didn't work hard, if I didn't post flyers or do any of that, I got nothing. So I learned these like really awesome lessons about hustle and working hard and making $3 a day doing all this work early on. And so that was a really neat experience because it taught me a lot that I have carried with me over the years and now starting my own real business. <laughs> And those are lessons that, you know, you can take with you for your whole life. And now you are at True North Retirement Advisor, CEO and Retirement Plan Specialist. So today you're going to share with us three universal must-do steps to help you get what your business is worth so you can retire eventually mm -hmm. with something yes. we all want to do. Well, maybe not everyone. But most people want to retire, and we want to be able to retire with confidence that we can live a lifestyle that we want to live. So mm -hmm. let's go through these three universal must-do steps. Yeah, so, um, so what we do is exit planning for business owners. And I think what's really unique about that is that we don't have any skin in the game. Like, it doesn't matter to us who you sell your business to. You could sell it to a family member. Um, another employee, you could sell it to an outside third party. We don't have any skin in the game in that regard. So what we do is we really just work with our clients to identify those goals and what's important to them and what the value of their business is so that they can achieve what they're looking to do when they exit their business. And so... Oh, I was going to say, because I'm assuming everyone's got a different goal to exit their business, right? And so yeah. it has to be personalized and individualized. Yes. And so we have a step-by-step uh, -step process for this. But what I found is that the process really diverges after the first three steps based on who you end up selling your business to, what that timeline looks like. Um, but there are three universal steps to exiting your business. And um, so the first universal step is valuing your business, understanding what your business is actually worth. And it's kind of like, if you know you want to retire, exit your business, sell your business in five or six years or whenever that is, it's sort of, that's sort of like the destination on your GPS. And if you don't put a starting point in, if you don't put in like where you are today, what the value of your business is today, it's almost your GPS cannot tell you how to get where you want to go. So you really have to take inventory of what your business is worth today. 
And I find that a lot of people don't do this vital first step because they have a lot of misconceptions about what's involved in value in a business. So they think that it's going to cost them thousands of dollars. It's going to take weeks or months. Someone's going to come in to uh, disrupt their business because they need to ask questions and, you know, dig into the books and records and all this. So so they're like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I'll just use a rule of thumb or, hey, I know this other practice uh, across town that's close in size to mine and they sold their business for this much. So I'm just going to, you know, I'll go with that. But, you know, if you don't start with an accurate valuation, it's nearly impossible to take the other steps necessary to exit your business. Okay, so I will admit I have no idea how to do that. Yeah. So Absolutely none. <laughs> so <laughs> what would you say to someone like me? And I, I am a business owner. How do I even start valuing the business? Yeah, so that's a really good question. And you're not alone, Karen. Uh, there was actually a study done about three years ago by the Business Exit Institute. They do a lot of research in this area. And they found that 98% of business owners have absolutely no clue what their business is worth and how to go about doing that. So um, the, the neat thing about valuing your business is that more technology tools exist today. So there, there's a software tool that we use to value a business and anyone can access this, it's free. But really with like eight, with eight pieces of information, like your revenue, what, what you pay yourself, like what your compensation is, uh, your debt, and certain other things like if you rent or own the space where your business is occupied. But there are eight critical pieces of information to value your business. And if you get those, if you can uh, get those eight pieces of critical information and enter it into the, the evaluation tool, then it will spit out a valuation for you. It'll tell you, you know, Karen's practice is worth $689,000 or whatever it is based on those parameters that you put in. Um, and it doesn't take long. It takes like five minutes to do it once you gather, gather the data. The toughest part is gathering the data. When you use this software tool, it, it, has a, there's like 50 pieces of information you can put in. But what we did is we went back to the software developer and we said, okay, tell me the bare minimum pieces of information that I could put into this software tool to, for it to spit out the valuation for my business. And so we used that, what their advice was to us, plus some of the other things that we know from what we know moves the needle on valuation. And we came up with this checklist, like, hey, if you can get these eight pieces of information, what your revenue is, your pre-tax income, if you owe other people money, if you have bank loans, if you rent or own the space that you're in, those are the things that have the largest impact on what your business is worth. And then once you enter that into the software tool, it'll spit out your valuation. And so you can, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And I'm so excited about it because what I found, this is not our core business. Like this is, so we we actually make this tool available to um, anyone who wants to use it for free because what we want them to do is get unstuck, get out of the 
mind space of using a rule of thumb or a really inaccurate estimate because once you know what your business is worth, it unleashes the rest of this process. And when you see that number tangible, you know, Karen's business is worth this amount, then you can start to make some important decisions about, okay, so is this going to be enough? You know, if I want to exit in a year or two years, you know, what do I need to do if this isn't what I hoped it would be? Mm-hmm. So um, it really influences a lot of the other decisions you make in the process. Valuing your business and knowing how to, evaluate, how to value your business is step one. So what is step two? The step two would be establishing what your timeline is and your goals. So, you know, a lot of people have this idea in their head of, I want to retire and exit my business in 10 years or five years, or maybe they ha- it's like January 25th, you know, 2021, like they've got it dialed in down to the day. And so that would be the first thing. And not just like when you want to leave, but figuring out, okay, how are you involved in your business today? And then how do you see that involvement evolving over time? Because the reality is for most people who are not business owners or entrepreneurs, they have a very specific set retirement date and they go from working full time to retirement date and then fully retired. But for a lot of business owners, they sort of have this phased out exit. And so it's important to kind of think about how to do that, which is great for a business owner because if you have somebody else who's taking over ownership or who's doing a lot of the day-to-day management or seeing patients or whatever that may be, you can kind of, you know, uh, pull back over time a little bit and have this phased out retirement so that you can test the waters and make sure that whoever that person or those people are, are fully equipped to be able to run things in your absence. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And, and also I would think it's really hard for some business owners is have you found that with the clients that you work with that that's not easy? Yeah. I mean, cause your business, it's like your baby, you know, yeah. like, blood, sweat, tears, like you've made so many sacrifices and a lot of, you know, a lot of it too is very much a part of your identity and who you are. Um, and that's okay. You know, I totally get that. Um, and what I think the important thing about this establishing your timeline and goals is, you know, what feels right to you and what do you want? It's not up to me to, you know, tell you what you should do. It's, it's up to you to figure that out. Not easy, not easy, but this is good. As you're saying all of this, I'm kind of thinking in my head, like, okay, this is, I should probably be thinking about this stuff because it's not (laughs) even something that's on my radar right now, but I guess it's never too soon. No, and actually the best exit plan starts when you start your business, but most people are so heads down, like focusing in growth mode that, you know, that, that rarely, if ever happens, um, because it really does require this mindset shift, but you have to start it before you're burnt out. So I've seen a lot of business owners who, because they didn't plan, they didn't start this process, you know, five, 10 years out, which is really an ideal time frame to be doing this. Mm-hmm. They wait until they're sick and tired of 
working and they're ready to retire. And so they, they don't have the time to be able to craft that ideal exit or maybe, you know, they sell their business to, um, you know, s- somebody who in like a fire sale <laughs> where yeah. you know they just want out and they don't care what they get for their business. But if they would have planned more, they could have got, you know, what they wanted in a lot of cases. Um, and I actually, I, there's somebody, I didn't work with this person on their exit, but, um, I know somebody who just retired this past summer and he was the third generation owner of his family business that his grandfather started. And, um, he just got to the point couple I mean, it was a good business that had good cash flow. you know, it was a solid business. Um, but he didn't do any planning and didn't identify a successor and he just got way too burnt out and literally just walked away and shut the doors and left with nothing. Mm. Um, and that to me was really sad just because it was, you know, third generation and he was fortunate because he did have, you know, he didn't need to sell his business in order to retire. You know, it wasn't a must do, but for most people, you know, your business is your largest asset. And so it's so important. You know, we plan for all these other things like, you know, when we're going to take social security and, you know, investing and all these things. But a lot of times the business and the value of the business gets neglected. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, and and I have to say, I'm in a lot of different entrepreneurial groups, and this is a topic that never comes up. Oh, really? That surprises me. Yeah, it's a topic that never comes up, and it really should, because now that as you're you're speaking more and more on this, I, I it's got me thinking about my sort of long term plan and where do I see myself and what should my goals be. So this will be something for 2019 for me to really sit down and and give it the time and space that it needs. So yeah. I think it's great. Okay, so number one, valuing your business. Number two, establishing a timeline and goals that I'm assuming mm-hmm. are realistic. Um, mm-hmm. Like we don't want to say, well, it's January, so I want to retire in three months. And no. <laughs> you know, this is it. And actually, before we move on, can I give you a couple other questions that I think your listeners may yes. want to consider? Okay, so other than like the when... Uh, obviously it's important to consider the who. So who is best suited to take over the ownership of your business after you exit? Now, a lot of times in, especially in family businesses, there are family considerations and which is kind of a trick question because there's always family issues. Like maybe somebody is involved in your business, like a, a, a child or, you know, one child out of your three children is involved And, you know, most parents want to do what's fair for their kids. And so it can create a lot of strife in the family um, when, when there's family involved. So we want to be really careful about that. And I think a lot of business owners make some not so good decisions because of that family element. Like I'm sure we've all seen it where you have a second generation business who is not doesn't have the same mindset, doesn't have that same fire and isn't very well equipped to, maybe they were a good employee, but they're not very well equipped to run the business. So that's really important as well. And then the other thing that I think really drives who you want to look at to 
be your successor is whether or not how important it is for the business to stay in the community. So, you know, I've, a lot of business owners are really heavily involved in their community. And no matter what a outside buyer tells you, that dynamic is going to change. So it's really important, especially if you're looking to sell to maybe like a, a competitor or someone like that outside of the, your immediate community. Uh, it, it's definitely going to change, you know, that experience from your client or your patient's point of view. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially in, I think in healthcare, because if you're in any sort of healthcare business, you are deeply entrenched into that community and they depend on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great consideration to, to think about during this timeline and goal step. Anything else that we really need to think about in this second step? You know, a couple other things uh, have to do with the financial element. Uh, So there was this other study that was done that looked at, um, you know, most business owners want to retire in the next 10 years. And uh, that same study that I mentioned before from the Business Owner X or Business Exit Institute Mm -hmm. said that they found that 75% of business owners would exit today if they if their financial security was assured. So most entrepreneurs, business owners who aren't looking to exit aren't doing so because they feel like financially they're not ready yet. So that really plays into the next step that's universal in that process, which is to determine if you have a gap financially. So you know what your business is worth, you know what your other financial resources are. And when you look at all of those things, is that going to be enough to, do you have enough to retire? Is that going to be enough to provide, you know, the income needs that you have and your family has in retirement or not? Um, And so that's really the the third step. And so what we do in this step is we look at, okay, what are your assets? We know what the business is worth. But we also have to consider the after-tax business value because that's a big surprise, right? <laughs> you know, you have what your it business always is worth, <laughs> but then you have what you get to keep after Uncle Sam. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have to plan for that. And then you might have other assets like your investment portfolio or rental properties and all of these things are, or social security, you know, all these things are providing income for you in retirement. And so you have to replace whatever income, you know, you were getting when you were working in the business. Um, and so that's usually the challenge is because most people, they do have a gap. The, the business or their personal financial resources aren't enough to provide the income that they want and desire in retirement. So you know, then we have to start making some decisions about what levers we can pull. So sometimes you can pull levers to increase the value of the business. Um, Other times, you know, depending on what the business looks like, sometimes there's not as much flexibility there. So it might be, you know, rethinking what your plan was for retirement. Like, you know, are you willing, you know, you said you want to work five more years. Are you willing to work six, seven, or eight more years if that's going to help fill the gap. So um, it, it, 
understanding if a gap exists or not and discovering your gap, that's the third step um, because it really leads to how, how much are you either going to need to grow your business value or on the personal side, your, your personal assets and income in order to make sure that that gap is filled. Yeah. And I would think that that third step is where you really have to start making some hard decisions mm -hmm. depending on how you want to live your life when you retire. And actually, one of the things that comes up a lot is, um, so if you, it, sometimes people get revenue from, you know, very limited sources. You might have, you know, five or 10 clients that provide 50, 60% of revenue, or maybe you have a practice that, especially in like on the medical side, maybe you're more dependent on insurance reimbursements. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that can increase value is if you can convert or incentivize more of those people to pay with patients to pay with cash, mm -hmm. you know, that can be something that's more attractive now to an outsider versus relying on insurance reimbursements. I found that's true for um, dental practices, um, but I would imagine it's true pretty much across the board for most, you know, medical or, uh, you know, physical therapy type uh, companies. Yeah. And, and I would agree with that. And I think uh, there is a big trend moving towards, uh, you know, a cash-based therapy practice. That's what I have. So I don't take insurance. Um, I'm out of network. I'll help you get reimbursed, but my clients pay me cash for my physical therapy services. And I think there's definitely a big trend to that, especially now with rising costs of of healthcare and large deductibles, everybody's cash-based at this point because some people have deductibles of $10,000, mm -hmm. which needs to yeah. be reached before you can get reimbursed anyway. So everybody's paying out of pocket. Yeah. Well, good, Karen. You've already increased the value of your business by doing that. All right. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to have to like go through this tool and look at my goals and, and all that other stuff. Um, and get at least get a rough idea of the value of, of what my business is before mm -hmm. I even think about retiring. And I always said, you know, oh, I've got like 30 more years before I retire. But I feel like I said that like 10 years ago. <laughs> and I'm yeah. 10 years older. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. this is like a good reality check for me and hopefully for the listeners as well to really start thinking about your business and how you want to like you said, how you want to exit and how you then want to move on into retirement years at whatever yeah. time frame that is for you. Do you have examples of, of, and maybe clients, you don't have to obviously say their names, but clients that you worked with that did a really good job at all of this and how that mm -hmm. ended up improving their retirement? Yeah. So one of the clients that comes to mind is somebody who, who's actually uh, still in the process of exiting. But I think the key for this client was that they really started early on. So this is actually another medical practice and they have two other partners and both of whom are younger, but one of them's in their um, late early mid forties and then the other one's in their fifties. And then the one who's retiring is in his sixties. So the trick is, is that, you know, the younger people have to be able to afford to buy out this older owner, but they've, they have a great relationship 
they they've talked and communicated with each other along the way to you know minimize any misunderstandings or you know potential lawsuits or breakup of their partnership or so they've done a really good job of of planning that and having those discussions and um he's sort of a he's a planner by nature so he's done a really good job in making sure that you know th this is what the practice is worth this is what i need when i exit and um, it, he's, he's probably most likely going to get that just because he's done all this planning and they're all, all the partners are on the same page and they're, they're structuring his buyout in a way that they can afford and that they can, you know, uh, they're, they're not going to rely on bringing in somebody new or doing that before he exits. So I think, you know, just the planning element and the communication is, is really helping them out. Um, and we've had, you know, lots of other clients in that same boat who did successfully exit. And it all started with just understanding what was required to exit the business. What do I need to do? What are the levers I can pull to increase either the value of my business or the value of my personal assets, so I'm not relying so much on the business. Now, some people, their business is so huge as far as their net worth, the, you know, the percentage of their net worth, that they have no other choice than to really focus and hone in on that if they maintain that the same lifestyle that they had or provide a legacy or, you know, satisfy some of those other exit goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it sounds like, aside from these three universal steps to exit, that communication with other stakeholders within your business and your family and business partners is paramount to having a smooth exit. So there's no surprises. And on that note, we'll take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, NetHealth. Are you interested in a free opportunity to check in with the latest thoughts of other rehab leaders? Well, I've got one for you. There's a new online rehab therapy community designed for the intersection of the clinical and business sides of rehab. It's the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum. Catchy name, right? It's all about habits and initiatives that juice up your attendance, revenue, workflows, documentation, compliance, efficiency, and engagement while allowing your provider teams to keep their eye on the prize, their patients and outcomes. I personally believe that a better connected rehab therapy profession has the power to help more people. Jump in, subscribe, and join the conversation today. You can find the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum at www.nethealth.com slash healthy. Yes, and actually, that is something that we try to do. So if you, if we're working with a client on exiting the business, before we ever draft that the exit plan, it's kind of like the strategic plan, but it's for your exit. So before that's ever drafted, we bring everyone to the table. So family is involved, especially like spouse. And if there are children in the business, we want to involve them uh, early on in the discussions, so we make sure everyone's on the same page. And then also all the other, um, like CPA, attorney, you know, every, there's a lot of people who have a role in making this process as successful as possible. And so part of our job is to facilitate all that and to help move the process along by getting the attorney or the CPA, you know, involved at the right stage of the game. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't, you know, when you're, if you're not an entrepreneur, you're not a business owner, you don't realize how many people are on your team, how many people are working behind the scenes to, to make your business successful. And so it's obviously important to involve all of them in your exit plan because everybody's going to be affected in one way or another. Yeah. Now, is there anything that we missed going through these three universal steps? You know, I don't think so. It's about valuing your business first and foremost, figuring out where you're at, and then get most important goals and what that timeline looks like, and then figuring out if, if there's a gap or not, and then what to do about it if there is. Well, this was great. And I have to tell you, I am really going to start looking at this more seriously now after having this conversation. Hopefully the listeners will as well, who are entrepreneurs or even for people thinking about being an entrepreneur. So if maybe you haven't started your business yet, like you said, the ideal time to do this is when you start. So yes. you'll have like a, a leg up on all of us entrepreneurs who have not done this yet. Um, so I'm a little jealous of those newbies. Um, now, before we end, I always ask everyone the same question, and that's knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to yourself as a new grad out of college? Gosh, that is such a good question. Um, so, you know, it's funny because when I graduated college, I pretty much, I didn't have a lot of fun in my 20s, honestly. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't travel. I, I started in what I'm doing today straight out of college and that was 11 years ago now so um I think if you would have asked me that question a few years ago because I always regretted not having a bit more fun in my 20s but now that I'm in my 30s I actually am glad that I that I did what I did and I didn't travel more and I just really focused on my uh, career because I think I'll have a few more options down the road. But honestly, to answer your question, the thing career-wise that I wish I would have done, when when I first started in uh, as a general fin generalist financial advisor, um, one of the things that I was told by a lot of mentors who had been advisors for 20, 30 years was that the best way to grow your business when you're new is to cold call. And so I did that and I cold called for two years. I made over 25,000 cold oh calls. Oh God. <laughs> and I wouldn't say it was a total waste, but when these people who are giving me this advice, very well-meaning advice, they were genuinely trying to help me. They built their business cold calling in the eighties and nineties, like before the do not call list, before, you know, people hated you if you were calling them cold. And so it's a different world today. So I think the lesson that I learned career wise is that I wish I would have been a little bit more creative and trying other things in order to grow my business early on, because I feel like now if I would have done that, I would have, um, you know, I would have obviously done some other things and not relied so much on a strategy that for me just didn't work very well. So. Yeah, I think that's wise advice to give to yourself. And we've all been there definitely doing things that looking back on it, you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah. What was I thinking? Yeah. Now, where can people find you? Where can they find True North? Let us know where we can connect with you online. 
Sure. So, uh, website is truenorthra.com. And for the free unlimited lifetime access to the valuation tool where you can enter that, uh, information. Yes. Yes. So that's true North R a forward slash value my business truenorthra.com forward slash value my business. Awesome. If, if you go there, you'll get access to the checklist. So it's a PDF checklist that explains to you, here are the eight pieces of information to gather, where to find it quickly and easily. And then from there, you'll get access to the valuation tool. And the beauty of this is you can go in, do the valuation for free, and then you can update it in six months or a year or you know if your business changes and see how some of those adjustments have changed your valuation. So it's cool. It's not a one, one and done, and it's totally free because we really want people to just start it. And we found that if they can figure out what their business is worth, and that's the key to just unlocking the rest of the steps that are so necessary to exiting. Awesome. Well, that is a great free gift. So to all the listeners, uh, all of this information will be at the healthy podcast.healthywealthysmart.com in the show notes uh, under this episode. And I, I mean, I know I'm going straight to that URL and I'm going to get this valuation tool because I think it's awesome. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's such, such a generous share. And how about social media? Where can we find you? Yeah. So a uh, YouTube channel where we go a little bit more in depth on some of these exit planning, retirement planning topics. It's true North retirement. Um, I'm also, we have our biggest presence is on LinkedIn. So, um, uh, you can find me at LinkedIn, just searching for Ashley Michike. Yes. And everyone we were, before we went on the air, I said, is this how you pronounce your name? And I got it right, but only because I watched your YouTube videos. So I knew how you pronounced it, but uh, yeah. don't worry, everyone. We'll have a direct link to the to YouTube and to LinkedIn and to, and of course to the free gift that Ashley has so generously shared with all of us. So Ashley, thank you so much. This was eye-opening. Thank you so much, Karen. This was a lot of fun and I'm so happy to share this with your listeners. Awesome. And to all of you listeners, get on, get that free gift and uh, we will be back with you in a couple of days. Have a great few days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. A huge thanks to Ashley for coming on the podcast. And of course, thanks to our sponsor, NetHealth. So if you want to join a new online rehab community for free, then check out the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum. You'll see stats in the community members already involved, plus some new polls just launched that we would love for you to weigh in on. And what else can you expect that will benefit you? write-ups, white papers from leading-edge performers, polls, surveys, benchmarking calculators, videos, podcasts, and more. So if you would like to join the free online community Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum, then check them out at nethealth.com slash healthy. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.